Hello, how are you? I'm good, Greg. I'm good, yeah. Happy times as always. It's nice and sunny outside in Glasgow, which is good. <clears throat> mm-hmm. But you appear to be hidden in a cabin in the woods somewhere. Is this your lockdown location? This is my lockdown location. It feels a bit Breaking Bad. The very last scene where he disappears. Into the <laughs> I'm uh, expecting to see some grizzly bear out the, out, the, <laughs> out the window. It's just... That could just be my children at some point appearing that are looking right. a bit feral because they've not had any social interaction <laughs> with, their, with their classmates in a while. But no, I got this built a year and a half ago and luckily, just with what's happened, I can take full advantage of it. It's actually now part-time teaching class as well for the kids. Oh, nice. So, so yeah. Very impressive. Full disclosure, it's, it's office, studio and classroom as well. Love them. So for the folks at home, Chris, you want to give a quick 30 seconds on who you are and what it is you do? Yeah, brilliant. So my name's Chris. I own a business called The Baker's Dozen. It specialises in brand strategy and design. Uh, that brand strategy aspect is understanding what makes a business different, why people should care, and what is the, the story you want to tell behind it. And then the design aspect is the visual The visual aspect is the, the logo, the identity, the colours, the fonts, photography, all that piece. But I've got a big ethos around working with charities in the third sector and doing good. So I wanted to show my children that you could leave a legacy behind. So when you move on from this life, you can always have something quite positive and something strong like yourself. You know a lot about to leave something. We're just, we're just lovely people. I mean, I think that's really what we're saying here. Well, that's it. I mean, even before this whole pandemic kicked off, there was my, my kind of business ethos was to do good in the world. And then mm-hmm. since then, people have kind of jumped on the bandwagon and actually started to try and showcase they're doing good when some brands actually aren't. <sighs> it goes back to like, even when you think of the January, in January, all these businesses then jump on it and try and commercialize it. Like and then you just kind of like, really? It's just... Yeah. It's it, like it, Burger King doing their version of the, their Whopper, but it wasn't a, a vegan Whopper. It was fried in the same grill. So there's just, you've got to be careful for what you put out there in your body. Yeah. But I think that's that's really how kind of you and I connected in the first place. We we met at a, a FSB networking thing. Um, how many months ago was that now? Is that with, this year? End of last year? Uh, with the pandemic, I'm starting to lose kind of concept of time slightly. So it might have been this year. It could have been ten years ago. I don't know, but I'm sure <laughs> it might it's be distinctly possible. But um, I think you know the the thing is it's it, it's the reason we really kind of connected was that shared values thing as well and actually giving a shit about people and um, yeah. and people who are authentic and telling a, a true brand story rather than just kind of ticking the boxes and doing something that they think is expedient or useful, um, yeah. you know, and I think both of us are, are, are drawn to drawn to that, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, gone are the days when, when back in, even if you could take the 40s, for example, so if a business set up its own business and started creating its own brand values and putting out mission, if you wanted to get in contact, you'd have to look up the yellow pages, maybe if that was about still, and actually figure out the address, write a letter to them, send it off, and you'd hope that it'd go to probably the CEO or somebody of that level that'd get back to you. And then eventually it'd drip fed back to you, and it might just be, thank you for your interest in the Disney company or something like that. Mm-hmm. But now with the technology we've got, we can go right to the decision makers, either through LinkedIn or social media, ask questions that prompt people quickly and they've got to react. The quicker they react and the more authentic they are, the more you believe in that business as well. The businesses that are a bit more, let the side down. I mean, you look at you look at what's happened with G.D. Witherspoon over this period of during the pandemic. And I, thought, I thought we might mention them at some point. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, it's, 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 it's an interesting one. I mean, they're, they're trying to revolutionise the, the drink industry with their their app at the bar. You can order your own, your own beers at the bar or you can just sit down at your table. But the concept of how they treat your staff, how their public in, image is being tarnished, 
that will come back to haunt them when the bars and clubs open up again. Uh, well, I hope so, at least. I mean, it's not that I'm an advocate for drinking or bars or anything like that, but I think you've got to treat people how you like to be treated. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's quite an interesting one because, you know, we do get a lot of keyboard warriors, I hate that expression, but it's so true, you know, and people say, I'm never going to go back there again. And they say that, but then when it comes down to it, they're kind of like, yeah, I was pissed off at them at the time, but, you know, it's just around the corner and, you know. I always, I always go here, you know. Yeah, it's such an interesting world we're living in just now how brands are getting reflected. So my wife's a nurse and she works as an NHS nurse. And one of the hospitals she's in just now, there's a there's a, an airline company. And because they're not flying just now, I, I found this bizarre, but I've read the stories, I think fantastic, that the pilots are now in these kind of areas where the, the kind of medical people who are actually facing the front line can go to. And they're dressed in their pilot's uniforms and they're all giving out sandwiches and having and coffee and cake with them they're all trying to break down that barrier of because we're not out there we can actually be alongside you and be at the front line and try to do something different so there's an element where those kind of brands are trying to go the extra mile whether or not those people want to be there is a different story so you've got to be careful in what you're promoting at this point in time and going forward and marketing's going to probably change dramatically going forward i mean mm-hmm. the idea we can just pick up where we left off and continue is it's going to be a bit um, yeah i mean i think one of the one of the things that <clears throat> I'm sure you know, we've actually spoken about it um, before as well as, you know, through this whole thing is people who are marketing being tone deaf to the situation or just selling. Um, yeah. Certainly, you know, people are kind of adjusted more to the idea of, okay, we do actually have to make money um, and kind of just starting to come back around to being a bit more accepting of, of selling. But um, certainly there was a lot of resistance to people doing anything online that was saying I'm still open for business you know there's people aggressively against them well with that said I mean you, again it goes back to you've got to understand why a business was created the purpose of it and the values so if you've got clear if you've got clear brand values that say you're going to be authentic you're going to be ethical whatever else then you stay for those values as well so I mean I mean just slightly off topic a good example is the, the, a Mercedes car Mercedes for example wanted to bring out a kind of a smaller car that could actually challenge the industry and because they didn't want to put that under the umbrella of Mercedes, because it tarnished that brand and the reputation being expensive, they brought out the smart car, and the smart car was treated as a brand of its own. It was still mm-hmm. related, but it wasn't exactly brother or sister, if you like, it was kind of distant cousin. So that kind of helped that relationship. And it's the same with what you're doing just now, is that you've got to be careful on how you're selling and your messaging and your values. I mean, even, even big companies have taken a massive hit. So even though McDonald's had to shut down, a lot of these brands at the time when it first kicked off with social distancing, they took their brand identity, which is a logo, and the two, the golden arches, the ends, separated them to have that social distancing aspect. And then Audi did the same, the car industry, and all that done was to show that we are respecting social distancing. Yeah. But the tone of it, the mission was completely wrong and completely off because they've taken something that they're, they're trying to be playful with a global pandemic, and it's actually looking at people's feelings. And that identity mm. is sitting there as a 2D object. It's got no feelings there just now. And they've got to be mindful of what they're doing. And there's bigger companies that are doing stuff, which is very successful. And there's other companies, unfortunately, they're starting to feel the kind of the kind of media PR kind of backlash, like Virgin. Unfortunately, we've all seen what's happened with Virgin and Richard Branson, where his personal brand has taken a massive hit, mm-hmm. where he's obviously a billionaire, but his money may be tied up in other uh, cash flow assets. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing. It's, it's dead easy for people to um, see, you know, look at the headlines and read it a certain way. Um, and you can like, yeah, um, and I can totally understand that. Um, but, um, 
I think somebody was talking about this before, but with the the Virgin um, Airlines side of things, I think he said he's only got like a ten percent stake in it or something like that. Yeah, and that that's and how it's portrayed in the media, which is which is a shame. But again, it takes. I mean, my old my old creative director used to work, told me that it takes up to ten impressions for the brand to be actually quite trusted and actually being quite authentic. And it takes one impression, one bad impression, mm-hmm. to take those ten away. So you think about all that equity that Virgin Models built up over that time. Equity being how powerful it is in people's minds, how people believe in it, how people want to go and buy from it again. And the problem with the Virgin model is because it's taken such a hit, people just think of Richard Branson as money grabbing, don't look after Yeah, I mean it's it's the it's the kind of the the twin uh, you know aspect of of it's it's like it can be good and bad you know you've got you've got the personal brand of him and it can be an incredibly powerful tool and used to advantage but if that's tarnished then you know it's going to impact the actual the brand itself exactly and that, that's the danger of some businesses and brands that if they pick an influencer or pick someone to represent their business then if that impact happens or somebody is caught drink driving for instance and they're football and they're representing a brand then that brand will be tarnished and that brand will have to stick by them or drop them. And that's the danger of that piece. So especially if you're building your business around your own personal brand, like you're Greg, I mean, you're a very lovely, funny, kind of a confident chap as well. And that comes across in your brand. So you have- Keep going. <laughs> so, your, so your brand values match your business, which is right. But you've got to be careful at some point if you want to build up your brand to then be able to come sell at some point, people will believe. So Richard Branson model at some point, he's had to time to take a step back slightly. Mm-hmm. He's the face of it, but he's had the likes of Usain Bolt being the face of it as well. So he's trying to get other aspects of the business there, so then he can slowly step away from it so that his personal brand that people believe in, they'll start to see a different side of that business so that when he comes to sell off Virgin eventually, then people will understand that it isn't just Richard Branson, that's what he's part of it. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's, you know, obviously it's one of these things, as soon as you say, you know, Virgin, you, you, you do think Richard Branson. Uh, but I do think that it's such a strong brand in terms of you get there is that identity and the values and independent streak of the way it operates and you do get that sense when you just when you think of oh this is going to be a virgin company you know and, and there's so many different ways that they, they you know they spread the brand but there is that general feeling that you get whenever you you hear that it's a virgin product you know? yeah. And I guess that's, that, I mean, that's the flip side of what businesses have been doing quite bad during this pandemic. There's obviously fantastic businesses out there. And you don't have to go to a global scale, even a distillery I've worked with before. Uh, they shut down all operations and then started doing hand gel. And that yeah. became the kind of norm for a lot of people. And that, bizarrely enough, my wife works in the hospital. So the, at the entrance is the distillery hand gel available for hmm. coming into the hospital. And she says it smells like whiskey hand gel. But, nice. <laughs> but it does the trick, to be honest. It does work. And... Uh, again, that's an example of what they're doing. I've heard the printers who have kind of shut down their operations, but they're creating PPE, they're creating all everything they can do. So there's smaller, more kind of independent companies coming together. And there's even community aspects around your own business. So there's, a, there's smaller industries where there's local charges, there's, there's shops that are offering local del- deliveries to people who are uh, need to be social distancing and everything else. And these values either haven't been instilled in them, but it's maybe their own personal values that are coming out, their own beliefs around treating people right as well. And that's what you can see a lot coming well out of this pandemic as well. Starting, people are starting to come together and people are starting to look beyond the horizon of the kind of worrying aspect of what's coming next. People are starting to think, oh, well, there's now phases coming into play. So what can we do? 
how can we start to move on and actually start to build a brand that we're all proud of and people can follow as well. Has there been any brand in particular that you think has handled this really, really well? And in terms of brand development and, and taking things further and being able to 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 grow? Well, to be honest, there's, there's so many big examples, but what I like to focus on is probably the more local ones that people know of. So I'd probably say the supermarkets. So mm-hmm. even though the supermarkets, the supermarkets, to be fair, every supermarket chain has been out for itself. So even when I, I watched Question Time, I watched uh, the chap from Iceland who's a managing director, I can't remember his name just now. He was on it and he was talking about <clears throat> there's enough food, and this is when the pandemic was really happening. There's enough food, there's enough toilet roll, there's this, this, and this. What we need to do is work together. We need a bit more guidance off the government. And what they they pulled together and they put out a letter of a statement to say there's enough food, we're going to be taking all these measures. And they work together on that piece to actually say we're going to actually put measures in place. We're going to stagger our opening times depending on when people need it as well. We're going to open it for the vulnerable so they can be they can come in first thing in the morning. For the NHS staff as well, or the key workers, we're going to open it for that as well. They opened this, they, they changed their way of working completely. Then they introduced the safe distancing, they introduced how many people go in at one time as well. Hand sanitizing stations, they put up the screens for the staff. So I think for a business or a brand or a, that kind of commercial aspect to work together, when they've always been competitors, show that during that pandemic they've all come together. And I hope going forward that's something that we can all see because that's something everyone sees on a daily basis. Whenever they go to the supermarket or anything else, they'll see that and how they're interacting with their staff and how positive people are and that caring. So as much as there's big brands out there doing amazing things and there's independent brands, I think when you see something that everyone deals with on a daily basis, that helps that service and gives you that reputation and trust. I think that's why I'd say personally, I think it's been fantastic. And it's quite bizarre how we've all got used to now queuing outside to go into a shop. Yeah. Now we, we treat that as a social norm and then we'll wash our hands and everything else. So I think that in itself has been fantastic how they, they treat one another and the respect we all give one another now. I think that's came to fruition. And that doesn't matter if you go to a Waitrose, to an Asda, to a Sainsbury's, to an Aldi, to a Lidl. It's all the same message again. Yeah. I think it's so strong at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I, and and this is the thing we're all we're all dealing with the same thing, you know. Yeah. It, it's and it, it's such an unusual experience, and hopefully, it's going to be the only time in our lifetime that we will actually go through this awful shared experience, you know. Exactly, and it comes back to how you treat people and how your your values are intrinsically inside you and what you believe in. And this is where I think that we're going to take a massive learning from this piece. You're going to see brands or businesses start to die off that haven't treated their staff well, that haven't reacted as well in this kind of pandemic, unfortunately. And there's so, I don't like to get caught up in the negative. There's so many bad examples, unfortunately. Yeah. And those companies, like you say, hopefully over time that will resonate in people's minds and they'll start to fall away. I mean, there was a, there was a massive uh, sports chain as well that tried to say they were part of this kind of key worker piece as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that person's got a lot of stake in different businesses. And that... That kind of attitude and way of thinking is unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, it's like... <laughs> you don't want to see names, that's how it is. Yeah, I know, but do they not think that people will just Google and find find out this information? You know, it's it's incredibly naive, really, I think, really, I think. But, but, um, but all I would say is, like, I know it's such a simple example, but I, I treat that as well. Even, like, we walk past the local butchers, and the butchers have got the same measures put in place, and they're trying. everyone's trying to follow these guidelines as much as possible. But I think from a supermarket level, I was amazed... I'm quite proud of how they've reacted. And even just around, I mean, fair enough, I think there's probably some measures that could have come in sooner around, probably you can only take so many items per time. I think that, that kind of scaremongering happened quickly, but then the brands had to all come together, the supermarket mm-hmm. brands, 
So I think they coming together has shown us that there is hope for the future and, and I think there's ways that we can work together better. And if that can work in that kind of more commercial level of every industry, that can work at any business level, even the creative community like us working together with competitors and they were starting to have those kind of conversations to say like, I'm too busy, is there something I can pass to you and vice versa? So we'll I, I mean, yeah, I, I think more than anything else, I mean, I've, I've had really, really positive experiences, you know, with um, loads of um, different, you know, local businesses and we've, we've all been helping each other and, and businesses worldwide, you know, um, just connecting with different people. And it's like, well, we're all able to operate online and do stuff online. So why can't we actually do business together? So having that kind of connection is incredible, but also being able to just have that support network that ex extends beyond, you know, your, 10 mile radius or however, you know, just the, the local scene. It's just, you know, we are united by this, this whole thing. And it's not like you're going to talk to somebody on the other side of the planet and they don't know what you're talking about and they, they're not going to be able to relate to it. They've, they've got their own story to tell as well, but it's all with the same theme. Yeah. And it's, it's an interesting one going back to your piece around selling as well. So when this kicked off, everyone was so afraid of selling and it's a kind of classic idea. If you go into a car showroom, I don't know how that's going to work in the future, but if you go into a car showroom and somebody approaches you, it's a classic salesman, I'll give you this, what do you want? I'll, I'll give you this, this, and this, and this. And automatically they're just assuming what you want and selling to you straight away. Yeah. That's, that's going to turn you off completely. Whereas a person has a conversation with you and says, okay, or oh, so what you're doing, you explain, yeah, I do this and this. I've got a family, I've got two young kids, I like to go away traveling. And already that person in their mind starting to paint that picture around what you like and what you don't like. I don't like fast cars, I like reliable cars, so they're automatically starting to change those brands. So instead of them saying to you, they're listening to you and they're starting to connect with you at that emotional level. So before you've actually probably left that conversation, they've got a rich picture of what they could offer you and they could say, well, okay, if you like a family car, we've got this kind of saloon here that's got these kind of roof elements. We've got, it's not that fast, it's low in mileage. We've got this kind of family car as well. It's bigger, bigger, and better. You can probably put a bed in it. All this kind of random stuff they could offer you and what they're looking at is they're understanding your pain points, what you require, the benefits, and they'll give you that. And that's what good businesses do, and that's what good yeah. brands do. And that's what they do. They sell on emotion. They sell on what you need instead of what you actually want. So instead of giving people what you actually want, sometimes it's what you need. I mean, Henry Ford said that if I asked their customers what they actually wanted, they'd probably say, a, a another horse and cart. Mm -hmm. So I get an automobile. So he changed that industry. So it's up to people to listen more. I think that's whenever you join, I do a lot of networking as well, as I'm sure you do, Greg, and people sometimes come across and sell, 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 and it's all yeah. about building connections, building trust. Yeah, I mean, you're preaching, you know, I mean, I, yeah. I literally, literally, I'm just, this is like, you know, uh, my words, your mouth, you know, it's, it's, it, we just say, say the same stuff. Um, and it's the thing that I'm always saying to people, you know, you, you've got to look at things from your customer's perspective. And in terms of the content that you're creating, the content that you share should be 80% focused on the customer and 20% on you, you know? So it's, you're, you're looking at, like you say, the pain points they're experiencing and this is, these are the problems that you're going to solve rather yeah. than I have this product or service. This is what it is. Like, okay. Yeah. But they're not looking at it like that. They're looking at, I have this problem. Oh my God, how am I going to get past that? And you're the guy that does that. And there's a great quote I've read in a good book, which is one and one plus three. Good book, really good tips on it. It's quite fun. But there's a piece in that where it says the, the product builds experience, 
the experience builds a reputation and the reputation builds a brand. Because even if you look at classic, so even if you look at Volvo, so Volvo is known for its safety element. So whenever you see Volvo adverts, it's built for that safety and that emotional aspect. But when it first started, it was created for its reliability and cheap parts and all that kind of stuff. And over time, that kind of safety message has come out because people believe in that as well. So you can't tell people what you want them to believe. So if you say to me, I've got a, a, a delicacy that offers special bakeries, it's vegan friendly, whatever else, it tells you basically all the, all the features and benefits. People are going to get ignored by that feature and benefits. If you tell them around the flavours and the experience it gives you and the joy it brings you, people are more receptive to understanding that and they'll tie yeah. into that more. So that, that's what you've got to be careful of is don't sell and feature and benefits. Understand the customer, understand what they want and what they need and how you can give them that. Um, so as soon as you mentioned Volvo there, I, <laughs> I immediately remembered, this is me showing my age here, there's, a, there's an old Dudley Moore movie. Do you know them? Oh, yeah, I remember Dudley Moore, yeah. Right. And I think the movie might be called um, How to Get Ahead in Advertising. Not oh, too sure. Um, and it's it's a comedy. But he literally, all he does is he can't be arsed anymore. And he's just like, he's just going to say what everything is rather than be too clever. So <laughs> literally, you know, there's just like, there's a Volvo ad and on the side of a bus, you know, picture of a Volvo that says, Volvo, they're boxy, but they're good. Perfect. Thank you you know? And it's literally just like, there's a whole bunch of rude ones as well. But um, I was like, oh my God, it's hilarious because it's just, sometimes that's all it needs to be, you know? So, yeah, you, need to be, you need to be authentic, you need to be real, you need to connect with the right customers as well. So mm-hmm. if you're going to dress up as something that's not and confuse people, all they're going to do is leave confused and not understand what you're trying to sell them, unfortunately, because marketing, the marketing term is to sell something at that point. Mm-hmm. So the brand term is to kind of build that emotion. So brand and branding is different. Brand is building that emotional, the subconscious piece. It's this kind of strategy behind it. I understand why you exist, why people should care. I mean, Simon Sinek, if you've never checked him out, is a good example. I'm a huge fan. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> exactly the reason why. So if you don't have a good core purpose and understand, people won't come mm. to you. Branding is the element of putting it in front of people, the kind of advertising piece, the, the bus advertising, the business cards, which might change, unfortunately, given this the, the industry mm-hmm. we're in now. But that's what I would say is never sell on features and benefits. Understand the customer, get that emotion going because people buy an emotion. I'm a parent, so anytime I see an, ad, an advert for some Disney movie or anything like that, I end up in tears because I'm that pain. <laughs> you got me in that arc, the classic arc, they build you up and crashing. And build yeah. so, but, but see, this is the thing it's, you know, somebody, and I, I talk to business about this all the time, you know, it's just like people see themselves in brands so if they see their life and and who they are in what it is that you're selling then that's how you're creating that emotional connection with them if they, if they can't see themselves you know the disconnect happens whenever there's something that's just so a million miles away from who they are and what, what their life is with this brand and, and them you know so you're like well how, how does that relate to me well that's and that's a hard part as well so i mean i i, I try to change the way we look at stuff so there's lots of businesses out there who work in brand strategy and design or even designers out there that will just say okay i'll give you a logo an identity which is just like a 2d piece which is a, a name and like a wee icon and then that's your brand that's just one aspect of your brand mm. the brand is the overall picture it's how it makes you feel it's how what your values are and what's your personality your brand so your personality is how you act sound and behave so are you energetic are you shy are you considerate and this is all the kind of 
the kind of key aspects of what your brand should be and it needs to be consistent across every channel so that people that consistency builds up trust that's why coke are so successful so yeah. time, coke have done that they've resonated that enjoying life aspect there's so many mm-hmm. parts of coke which you could talk around the shape of the bottle and the reason why it was made is because when people used to put their hand into the ice mm-hmm. cream they wanted that exact shape so that people would identify it straight away and pull it out in the middle of the night so there's loads of stuff there but it's that consistency and that's why brands are so important so it's never just the logo Mm-hmm. You need to consider who's your customer and everything else. You know, people talk about how Coke has like, you know, 15 teaspoons of sugar in a glass <laughs> and, all, and, and, and all of this, right? But I, I don't care. I don't. There's times that there's, I really upset my brother. My brother was visiting me over from Canada a few months ago and um, before all this happened. And, um, and we're in a restaurant, and I am not a diva at all. I know, I know you'd be amazingly surprised. I don't, this, don't believe that at all. No. But, <laughs> but I will have, I will say, if it's something that I want, then I'll be like, kind of like, and I was, I was making a joke, and my brother was just like, imagine the polar opposite of my personality. That's like my big brother. He's just kind of like, not me. And and uh, we were in this this restaurant, and um, and I said, and, you know, they, they were just taking a drink, sort of, and like. What would you like? I said, do you have anything that's not a Pepsi Max, not not Diet Coke? I, I want Coke. I want sh- I want sugar. Give me sugar. <laughs> and my brother was like, "What? You sound like such an asshole." I'm, I'm kind of like, I keep going. I keep asking for like, can I have a Coke, please? And they give me a Diet Coke. Can they give me a Pepsi Max? I'm like, that's not what I asked for. And it's a completely different thing. And I'm I'm so disappointed when I want that sugar. You know, and I know it's it's like I should be drinking water and healthy and oh, popular. Sure. You got to enjoy what you enjoy, and that that is what people believe in. So that over time you become associated with something. So you enjoy Coke because you enjoy it. And actually, Coke Coke's a good example there. So even you think around the sugar tax that came in, in mm-hmm. the, so the sugar tax was looked at as a problem. So all these businesses had to reinvent the recipe and try and adjust the recipe and fix it. So in Scotland, you've got Iron Brew, Pepsi Max, anything else. All these companies had to reinvest and understand how to fix it. Coke, just for very ballsy, and just said, you know what, we're Coke. We've been original since this day and we're still the same no matter what. We're never going to change our recipe. So it's going to be more expensive, but when you pay that premium, you're going to get that premium sugar rush experience you love and enjoy. I will pay. I will keep paying until they drag me off the earth. <laughs> that's it, yeah. You pay. And that, that's that's the key part around building your business with the right strategy in mind from a brand point of view to that the identity. Because if you do that all right over consistency, people will keep buying from you. And then you'll pay that premium as well. That's why yeah. Apple that's why Apple are so trusted and expected in the Apple world. Maybe not the kind of PC programmer world because Apple products to be fair. When you look at what Steve Jobs did, he took the best parts of everything and meshed them together and made that experience better. Yeah. And that, that's why he was so amazing at what he did. But when you break it down and you talk to programmers and developers, they'll say, well, in fact, it's, it's not open source, it's not this, it's not that, but the experience is good. Yeah. That's why we pay treble, if not more. For exactly, for, for an inferior product, effectively. Yeah. Exactly. And, that, and that's the power of what a brand can do. And, uh, and I try not to use Coke too much, but even like even if you want to look at good brands, so Dove is a good brand as well. So my, my daughter's seven, and I'm trying to explain to her, beauty doesn't have to be these big billboards. You see these kind of Photoshop models and all this yeah. kind of stuff. And Dove's kind of purpose is to build a building 
oh, is it building self-esteem? Beauty, beauty's from the inside, it's building self-esteem. Yeah, yeah. So showing that inner beauty and they had that classic billboard where it was this wrinkly lady on a billboard and said, wrinkled or beautiful, and you had to tick a box. And that's, that kind of gives you an idea of the industry we're in. But they're about achieving that real beauty from the inside. So I think that brand's core purpose needs to be strong and it needs to resonate with everyone, just like Coke did. So Coke, or I love Coke's kind of aggressive attitude in that way, like we're Coke, we're going to be the yeah. same. If you want, the other products will bring out Coke Zero, will bring out this and that and that, but it stays true to that one. And the thing is, it speaks to authenticity. And I, and I think that's just the, the thing that's just true, you know, with, with everything, people resonate with that. You, whether people go, oh, I'm not going to buy that product because of that, you, you still know what their stance is. You still know who they are and what they stand for. And you, you'll find that just now if a lot of businesses <clears throat> during the pandemic, they'll look at stuff and maybe they'll decide to pivot their business to look at what other opportunities they can do, or they'll do something that, that probably has revolutionized their industry as well that can change it completely. And that's where they can take advantage of this. The same with Coke did with the sugar tax. They've done that as well. Yeah. It's, even, it's even when you look at across, going back to the supermarket, a good example is a Lidl and Aldi. When they first came out, Aldi, for example, was looked at cheap. Nobody wanted to go there. Everyone assumed it was inferior product. It was probably came in from Europe. It wasn't this or that. And adult, adult, sorry, Aldi created that lovely advertising around, we love this brand, which is going to be cost you £4, but we also love this brand, which is Aldi sausages, Aldi Coke, whatever mm-hmm. else. Yeah. A quarter of the price. And they built upon that. And because they've kept that constant message, Everyone started to respect that and treat that well. And because of everything that's been happening, Aldi are starting to position themselves as not just cheap, but actually good products, but actually at a lower price as well. Yeah. And that's the reason why you start. To and that's just that positioning thing that, you know, they, they've just yeah. kind of made that subtle shift. Um, exactly. You see, there's Tesco have done it recently. Tesco say, Aldi do this and we do this. So you can see they're trying to mimic it, copy it. But you know what's really, really interesting? I remember when I was 18, I did work experience in an ad agency. Uh, one of the few times I've ever done anything that seems anything like a real job. Um, but I remember at the time they, they were saying, you know, we don't do that American style of advertising where we trash the competitors or we do a comparison, you know, and that's just not the, the British style. So there's, there's been this shift in emphasis in recent years that you're like, well, that's a more aggressive style of advertising where you're literally mentioning the competitors um, and you know this is who we are and this is what they are and guess what we're cheaper than them or, or however it is they're going to play it but it's a definite shift in in style to that more aggressive US approach yeah it is and there's an element where it's still got that kind of British upper lip if you like where it's still respectful yes it's tarnishing but still very respectful so that, that's very clever advertising it's not the kind of gung-ho kind of probably American way we're just going to pick them out and kind of just these guys suck <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah. you're being respectful when you're kind of complimenting what they can do and fair enough when you look at the Aldi adverts it's saying it's compared against branded products so it doesn't say against Tesco's own products and I'm yeah. sure if you compared them to they'd be very similar price yeah. uh, which is great so again it's clever how they do it it's like it's even like even you look at Iron Brew Scottish adverts Iron Brew where they talk around Fanny uh, we've called the baby Fanny and oh, my wife hadn't seen that ad and it's <laughs> <laughs> she was like, you got to see this? And uh, I was like, wasn't this about three years ago? And um, and we're like, oh my God. She's like, I mean, are they actually going to get away with that? You know? And that, that comes back to the Iron Bruce kind of core purpose or values have been quite... Cheeky. Really, 
push the brand being cheeky. Mm-hmm. So they've got that. Even like there was a classic print advert which I loved as well. It was a picture of a cow in the orange and kind of blue colours. And it said, "When, when I'm a beef burger, I want to be washed down with fine brew." <laughs> so, and every vegetarian and vegan, everyone just jumped on it and was like, "Give them that." Oh, brilliant! Yeah, like you, you, it speaks to the brand, like you say, being cheeky and uh, and also a bit of controversy and get people talking about it. Exactly, free advertising boom went completely viral. Mm. People loved it. But again, it ties back to that brand. You've got to be really careful what you're doing. There's so many brands out there. If they've got a good purpose, they understand the values, understand their customer and their personality. They'll just they'll be so successful. It's companies that don't understand it, like I was talking about Burger King and all these other companies that aren't sure. Even the Witherspoons as well, how they treat their staff. There's a hotel up north that sacked their staff. During yes, the yeah, I remember that. Yeah, all, all this stuff. and It's how you treat people that people will remember as well. Uh, and it's, it's all about it's all about how you build up over time. So it's all it's that compound effect. Which <clears throat> yeah, I mean, this is, it, this is the thing that we, we end up talking about a lot with businesses as well is... is brand isn't an overnight thing you can destroy a brand overnight but you don't build it up overnight you know it's it's a long-term um thing like you say yeah it takes it takes years uh, i mean go back to coke yeah it took them years i mean even coke versus pepsi at one point pepsi were in the lead as well and there's so many different brands out there people talk around dairy milk and i forgot the other brand name it's that bad isn't it so there's dairy milk and there's another brand name that during the war one uh, pivot and actually started to revolutionize what they did and that's why you can't remember the other brand name now because they're not as important, which is great. Okay. <laughs> which is great bad. Uh, but Dairy Milk did the same. So there's businesses out there that had a competitor at one point, but now they own an industry. So yeah. there's Galaxy, obviously, Nestle you can think of. But if you talk about mm-hmm. chocolate, you will think of the purple because that's a very brand orientated colour. Yeah. We'll resonate with because purple's got a, a colour of loyalty and regalness. So that's why people think of that. Whereas you think of Galaxy, it's got that kind of brown colour. It doesn't, it works with chocolate, but doesn't give you that kind of feeling yet. Yeah. So there's ways around it and colour's important with brands as well because colour plays a total subconscious piece in people's minds as well and that's where you've got to be careful from what colour you pick. So there's so many parts to it that people just assume it's a logo. And like yeah. you say, I think it's everything. It's a story. Yeah. So right before before we go, let's let's give a little bit of um, value to the folks at home. Uh, if you can give, I don't know, three tips for a, a small business at the moment um, on how to position their brand at the moment or, or, or what are the key aspects of branding that you know they kind of not they really don't want to forget at the moment what what should they be fo- focusing on just now i just want to see one thing as well greg gave me no heads up these questions were coming so <laughs> it's totally off the cuff which is good uh, so <clears throat> i guess the one thing is actually looking number one look at your industry and understand are you still relevant at this point in time are you putting out content that actually makes people understand what you do and is emotionally connecting with your customer base? Because if it's not, then you're putting out their own message. Number two, look at all your channels. Understand your channels and you're maximizing well. Is there channels out there that aren't working? And if they're not working, either just put them on hold or call them and look at the brand that's actually working in there. Make sure your identity is working there. Make sure your photography is there. Make sure your fonts, your tone of voice, which is how you sound. Make sure it's all consistent. Is your website right as well? Make sure all these things all feel the same because there's a fact that if it's all consistent, it can generate up to 23% more revenue and that's critical at this point in time. So one is, are you still relevant? Two, is your identity and everything else all consistent? And three, is there an opportunity you're missing in a brand as well? So looking at, is there a position where you can pivot? Can you do some good as well? 
understand it. There's something that people call a CSR thing, which is your corporate social responsibility. I hate that term. It's basically, <laughs> are you in it to do something for yourself? Are you in it to do something for yourself and to help others? And if you don't have something that's helping others, then look at it, add that to your business, make it, make it fit along with your core purpose and make sure it's relevant. So if you're a business that's Brewdog, for example, or Brewgooder, they use uh, clean water to make beautiful beer. And every, every bit of profit they'll put into the, uh, they'll create boreholes in Uganda. So that's their good piece as well. And they're a drinks company, you wouldn't expect that as well. Yeah. So whatever you do, look for a good purpose that can help others. Because if you don't help others, especially now going forward, you're going to become faceless and people won't buy from you. See, I put you on the spot, Chris, but I, I wouldn't even like second guess asking you a question like because you know your shit. So <laughs> it's just it's just gonna be it's it's all there. Um uh, amazing, amazing it's, stuff. It's, it's trying to know your shit without waffling too much and trying to be respectful about brands that uh -huh. you need to drag under the mud, which is good. Yeah, yeah. No, um but I no, I think there's some some really, really useful stuff there. Um and and at the end of the day, this is this is the thing. You know, it's like sometimes it can just be a, one or two tips that people hear just now. They kind of go, "Oh, yeah, that's the thing I need to focus on." You know. Well, that's. I mean, you've said this yourself. You need to make sure that whatever you're putting out there is right. Look at your advertising. Look at all that stuff because it's a very different marketplace just now, and it will be going forward. So you constantly mm -hmm. reevaluate what you're doing, and that's where you're good at. It. You're obviously the social media kind of content marketing guy as well, and I think that's you need to have that expertise, knowledge to come in. Because uh, if you don't, you'll just have that tunnel vision that might not be right. Yeah, yeah. Chris, uh, thank you very much indeed. Um, go and get your shotgun and yeah, <laughs> defend yourself from wild animals. And the feral kids. I, you know, I am actually going to see when this goes out. I swear to God, and I am going to do this because underneath our names will say Greg, Greg Friel, Glasgow, Scotland, and it's going to say your name and it's going to say. Cabin in the Woods. I swear to God, that's what it's going to say. I'm happy with that. Good talk to you, Greg. All right. Good to talk to you. Talk to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.